Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host, John Chapman, and welcome to another Super Bowl edition of the podcast. And today's going to be different. Uh, I wanted to take a step back from film. And again, for those of you that listen to me, you know uh, I'm also a teacher in my other life. Uh, I teach history, economics, government, different things. But I wanted to live, go back and remember how special this is. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to take a break from film. I know some people just uh, like unsubscribed right there. We're going to go through the timeline of the most important events that got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And so I went back and I, you know, double checked all the dates. I've got four and a half pages of notes here. Uh, you know, put the questions up on Twitter, got a whole lot of different responses and, you know, things that maybe I didn't think were so important. You know, you once you put them back in the big scheme of things, there's a lot of stuff that stands out. So we're going to go back to the day, January 6th, 2017, um, you know, one day after the Falcons lost the Super Bowl. That's where our journey is going to begin. Now, obviously, you can go back to Harbaugh. You can go back to the horrible coaches, all that stuff. I wanted to start this timeline with the day John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan signed their six-year deals and agreed to come in together. So we're going to start there, and we're going to fly through all the way to modern time. We got a lot of stuff. We're going to highlight a lot of key points, draft acquisitions, game points, uh, different things that help us got to where we are. Because, again, if you can't enjoy this now, then you shouldn't be a fan. And in order to know where we are, you've got to look back and see how we got there. 
and be able to replicate that in the future. And there's so many great crucial turning points that I want to talk about here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And again, you know, if you guys think that I skipped over something or I missed something, please let me know in the comments, which I am sure you guys never hold back. And I don't want you to. I love the blatant honesty. And whenever I make mistakes, call me out. <laughs> I'm not one of those people with shallow skin. In fact, I kind of like arguing more than anything in the world. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, before we jump into the timeline, I do want to make sure if you are heading down to Miami, I want you to be a part of the weekend that the 49ers Rush podcast is coming out. I'm going to be broadcasting live uh, several times in Miami. I want you to come join us Friday night from 4 to 7 p.m. That's Eastern Time at the Playwright Irish Pub. It's on Washington 13th South Beach. Come join us. We're going to have a live Q&A, uh, hang out, get some drinks together, have a lot of fun. That's no cover. And so a big part of this weekend and what I agreed to do was, look, I, I don't have the money to go <laughs> to the Super Bowl, uh, and uh, but I'm making it happen because this is a dream of mine, and I want to bring you guys with me. And so everything I agreed to do this weekend was for bare minimum prices. I am not looking to make money off this. I want to enhance the experience of the faithful. So Friday night's free. Uh, come up. You got to pay for your drinks, obviously. Uh, 4 to 7 p.m. at the Playwright Irish Pub. And then Saturday is going to be an all-day event with Frank Gore. And if you go back to the very first uh, message or comment – whether you're listening on YouTube, Twitch, Periscope, wherever, um, you're going to see the buyblitztickets.com link. Um, also, if you're on YouTube, I put it in the comments or in the details already. Click on that. It's $10 to meet Frank Gore. You're partying at one of the VIP spots at the I Love 305 uh, South Beach. You know, one of the it, it's, it's awesome. It's going to be great. And if you want to buy general admission tickets, use the promo code RUSH, R-U-S-H, and it's half off. It's five bucks. You get to meet Frank Gore. Uh, you get a listen to us broadcast live it's going to be bananas uh so again those two things make sure if you know anybody going to miami that is lucky enough to go please send them that link help help us out we want to have the best time um ever and just enjoy the experience because it's going to be nuts so head over there and do that and uh yeah there's so many 49ers podcasts going right now and i cannot say i'm listening to every damn one of them i, I can't stop this time is awesome so let's jump in right now let's do this timeline and again it starts back with january 6th and not the 49ers it starts with the falcons and the 49ers there were one of six teams that were waiting to hire their coach. Uh, there were the Bills, Jags, Broncos, Chargers, Rams, and 49ers. And there were two teams that were going after Kyle Shanahan hard, and that was the Broncos and the 49ers. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan has as much history with the Broncos as he does with the 49ers. That's where his dad won his most recent Super Bowl and all the videos of, you know, Kyle Shanahan as a kid carrying the wire and all that kind of stuff. That's Denver Broncos, not 49ers. And so he had his choice, and he chose the 49ers, and the 49ers had to wait. We were one of the last ones to hire that year, and a lot of it had to do with Kyle Shanahan bringing in John Lynch. They wanted it together. They wanted to agree on the job together and the long-term six-year deal. And so the 49ers got lucky, and again, you want to talk about that 21-3 to loss? 
that has shaped the way Kyle Shanahan has called games in the playoffs these last two games. There's no way in hell he's given up a lead, uh, especially a big lead, which we've seen in back-to-back weeks. That's not going to happen. Now, what what makes this even more interesting, this is going to be a long podcast, I can already tell, guys. So buckle in. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of stuff. I'm on my first point, and I, I'm not I'm not close to done. So here I want here's what I want you to understand. The six coaches that were hired, okay? Sean McDermott to the Bills. That turned out to be a pretty good hire. Doug Marone to the Jags. Should have been fired this year, but they're going to hang on to him. Vance Joseph to the Broncos. He's already been terminated. Anthony Lynn to the Chargers. That doesn't look like it's going to go very well. Sean McVay to the Rams. That was a good hire. So you kind of have three good, three not so good. You know, Sean McDermott, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shanahan. Those seem to be the best three hires. Uh, You know, obviously Rams didn't make the playoffs this year, but they were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, One coach of the year and all that stuff so uh definitely out of all of those hires you've got to look back at Kyle Shanahan and just say wow you know he's just now 40 years old relatively young he's still got three years on his deal um man yeah that's crazy so we get our coach locked in that's January 6 2017 then we have to wait a while till the new league year starts. And on February 21st, 2017, we make two crucial signings. And this isn't even free agency yet. Um, we signed Kwan Williams to a one-year deal for $765,000. Now, we've since extended him to a three-year deal. We're getting the number one. Okay, if you don't want to say Kwan Williams is the number one slot corner in the NFL, that's fine. You can make that argument. You cannot make an argument that he's not top five. He's got to be top five. And so the fact that we locked him up, you know, for less than a million dollars, that was huge. Also signed Earl Mitchell, who put some quality time. Now he's back with the team, which is awesome because he deserves it for the two years that he had on those bad teams. Um so, oh, I'm just seeing this here. Uh, Malex just put this up. Hey, John, the Shanna hat is available on lids.com. Head over there. Uh, if you are wanting to get this bad boy here, it's going to sell out quick. I can guarantee you that. Uh, just saw that in the comments. Uh, but anyway, back to our timeline. So then March 14, 2017, the first day of free agency happens, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch go bananas, okay? Um, they go get Pierre Garçon which, you know, that was a key one, one of the first targets they got because he was kind of one of the most um, prized recruits, I guess you could say, that they brought in. And Brian Hoyer, and here's why this one's so important. Two years, $18.5 million. But they were so happy with Brian Hoyer and they were kind of content with him and a big reason why they only signed him to a two-year deal. And Kyle Shanahan talked about this earlier today and I'll, I'll bring it up again. They were sold that the following year they were going to get their franchise quarterback, and that was going to be Kirk Cousins. So Kyle Shanahan was fine with just getting somebody to hold the seat available in his first year of the rebuild. That was fine because he was sold on Kirk Cousins. And the reason why this is so important is there's a reason why we got Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's because we didn't draft a quarterback in their first year. Um, Staying in free agency, they go out and they pay so much money to a fullback and the national media gets upset and still giving them crap on this. Four-year, $21 million a year for a fullback? Juice, baby. Worth every damn penny and more. Um, has proven, you know, whenever he got injured this year and went out, 
We saw how important this is. He he was. Now, Roz Dwelly stepped in, did a hell of a job. Love me some Roz Dwelly. But uh, Kyle Juszczyk, he is not. And he was playing out of position, still did a great job. Uh, but Kyle Juszczyk, uh, they also had some bad signings. Malcolm Smith, probably one of the worst signings. Um, you know, they go get Marquise Goodwin. He, he panned out very, very well those first two years. Robbie Gold, um, you know, <laughs> Logan Paulson. I don't know if you guys remember that one. But anyway, that's the crucial free agent signings that first year. Then we move into the draft now the first draft was probably the worst draft let's be honest and it started crazy because we had the number two pick we trade out we swap with the chicago bears and they pay two extra third round picks to move up for a player we didn't want anyway uh you know we get all those extra picks which is nice we draft draft solomon thomas who has not panned out love solomon glad he's a part of this team hope he gets a super bowl ring and hope he stays with the 49ers long term but he's just a role player uh, kind of a backup role player at that uh and reuben foster you trade up to get reuben foster and we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but definitely did not work out. And so you have these two first-round picks in their very first year that everybody was high on. Everybody gave them the highest grades, including myself. Uh, draft grades are always irrelevant until that third year. But um, that was trash, you know. And we passed on quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, like Deshaun Watson, like Mitchell Trubisky. How the hell, how the hell can anybody think Mitchell Trubisky is better than either of those other two guys? I don't know. My, uh, you know, I do the draft rankings every year. Um, you know, over 150 plus uh, prospects I rank every year. Big board, watch a lot of film. Uh, but I had Deshaun Watson, number one player in the draft that year. And uh, I would not have been upset if the 49ers took him, but I knew they weren't going to. Uh, but you pass on those two quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And that's why we were able to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Because, again, it goes back to Kirk Cousins. I talked about it today, Kyle Shanahan, in the, the press briefing. Uh, they asked, why did you pass on Patrick Mahomes? And he says, I like Patrick Mahomes, but I thought I was getting a franchise quarterback next year in Kirk Cousins. And it just didn't work out. Now, there were some good things in the draft. Probably the best draft pick you could say for a decade for the 49ers maybe longer who knows you know his, his story's still out there you get the number one tight end in the entire nfl in the fifth round in george kittle pick number 146 146 he was the ninth tight end taken that year alone that year alone doesn't make any sense that was the year three tight ends went in the first round three of them oj howard evan ingram david and joku you mean to tell me you got to wait four more rounds and George Kittle goes there, the number one tight end in the NFL, and I don't think it's close? That draft pick is, again, I say this all the time. You've heard me say this. Ring a bell, take a shot, whatever it is, the 49ers rush drinking game. By the way, we still have to get that game developed. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But um, he, he's the best at his position, the most valuable 49er. I, I truly do believe that. Um, he, everything goes through him, the run game, the pass game, leadership, uh, locker room, persona, all those things. George Kittle is everything. Also that year, they get DJ Jones in the sixth round. Uh, took him a couple years, but man, he had a great year until he got injured twice this year. Uh, pick number 198. He's going to be a 49er for a long time. Very excited to have him. Now, then we get the wonderful Halloween, October 31st. Let's get crazy. Middle of the season. Jimmy Garoppolo trade goes down. And this has been well documented from both sides with the Patriots. You know, you got 
Tom Brady throwing a fit. You got Robert Kraft uh, telling Bill Belichick that we're moving forward with Brady, and they want a Super Bowl after this, so I think they're happy with the deal. But uh, they call up John Lynch, who was denied, and Kyle Shanahan both denied at the scouting combine, tried to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo and tried to trade for Tom Brady. That tells you about the brass <laughs> that our front office has. They get shut down, not even interested in hearing offers. But Belichick, all the second, all, all of a sudden, calls up John Lynch and says, hey, will you give us a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? And Kyle Shanahan said today, you know, we we didn't even know it was on the radar. We get a phone call, and 20 minutes later, Jimmy Garoppolo is a 49er. They didn't have time to talk about it. You know, uh, Jed York was in Boston at the time. He gets a phone call, or not Boston, sorry, Washington, D.C. He gets a phone call from John Lynch saying, hey, I think we might be able to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, you look at what his uh, response was. The owner, Jed York, said, or CEO, says, I'll, I'll fly to Boston right now. I'll, I'll jump. I'll fly there right now. And they said, well, hold on. We'll let you know. They hang up. They call back. They say, let's do it. The deal's done. And just like that, you know, Halloween, which has turned out back-to-back years to be very important date, um, you know, you, you get that pick and you just give up a second rounder. And the 49ers were 0-8 at the point they made that trade. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in middle of the season, learns a whole new offense that he's never worked in. And it was interesting as well. You know, they asked because Kyle Shanahan was at Jimmy Garoppolo's workout at Northwestern, I believe is where it was at. It wasn't at Eastern Illinois. And they didn't have enough wide receivers to show up (laughs) at the workout. So Kyle Shanahan had to run routes as a wide receiver during the workout. Uh, Yeah, so talk about just weird. So he, he knew who Jimmy Garoppolo was. And when Kyle Shanahan found out that this trade was going down, and again, make sure you understand, Kyle Shanahan is the GM of this team. You know, I haven't talked about that. Uh, yeah, John Lynch is as well, but I guarantee you the decision maker, and it always comes down to, is Kyle Shanahan. There's no doubt about that. But whenever they talked over the trade, you know, Kyle Shanahan said his first response was, damn, this means we're not going to get Kirk Cousins. That's how locked in he was on Kirk Cousins. And the question has been asked, man, again, why not go after guys like Patrick Mahomes, like Deshaun Watson? And the response that, you know, Jed York, whenever he interviewed Kyle Shanahan for the position, said, uh, Kyle Shanahan said, look, I want somebody that fits my system to a T, just like Matt Ryan. You know, we've set all these new offensive records. That's the type of quarterback I want. I want a perfect fit for this system. And, you know, Kyle Shedhead did say they did their work on Patrick Mahomes, but they didn't think he was going to go that high. Um, and, you know, it, I think it's it, it's it's a testament to, one, Kyle Shanahan's belief in the system, which he should have. But then you look at the pieces that he's brought in, right? Uh, C.J. Beathard, you, draw, you draft him in the third round. He eventually gets in there. Um, also, you get, you know, Nick Mullins, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. These are the type of quarterbacks... He's not looking for the running threat. He wants to operate from within the pocket, and it, th- that's what it is. And so that that's awesome. So anyway, you go back out. Jimmy Garoppolo wins the last five games in a row, and he comes in in one of the best performances ever. You know, we lose to Seattle his game that he's in. CJ gets hurt, and we have to throw Jimmy Garoppolo in. I think we're down like two, three scores, 
and he's got like a minute and a half. He drives the length of the field and scores a touchdown. Uh, as time expires, we lose the game. But, uh, yeah, it, it's what it is. And Jimmy Garoppolo, the legend, starts. It just starts from there. Now he's, what, 21-5 and five as a starter and about to be 22-5. and five. You got to love Jimmy Garoppolo and what he's done. We'll get back to him in a second. Let's, let's continue with the timeline. The season ends. 49ers not happy, but there's optimism because now we have a signal caller for the future. Jimmy Garoppolo's hype's all-time high. Then one of the biggest signings in 49ers history, and I, I do read history here, March 10th, 2018, we're in a new year, Richard Sherman, the longtime enemy of the 49ers faithful and everybody, signs a record deal, three-year deal with the 49ers, and, and Richard Sherman gets slammed because it was all incentive-laden. You know, three years, uh, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. I think it came out to $21 million and everybody just slammed Sherman, slammed Sherman. Well, guess what? He's hit every one of his incentives, and the only one he didn't hit was playing time this year, and the 49ers waived that to pay him off because the 49ers are a first-class organization. I love that. They want players that bet on themselves, and then they're going to pay them off, and that's huge. Um, that is huge. And so Richard Sherman, love that he is part of it, uh, put up one of the best years of any cornerback in the NFL. Uh, you know, he did miss uh, a game and a half, but that's what it is this year. Anyway, now let's move forward to the draft in 2018. Not a great draft again. You know, the first draft was not good, but you had Kittle and DJ Jones, so that was nice. A lot of misses. Second draft, 49ers go crazy. They trade. Uh, well, first they draft Mike McGlinchey, number nine, a left tackle, which nobody saw. Nobody saw. Nobody saw that coming. And then we trade, you know, Brown, Trent Brown, to the Patriots. And a big reason, again, why so many trades happen between us and the Patriots. Uh, Jed York has said, you know, they're no nonsense, and so is Kyle, and so is John. They're not finagling. They're not doing that. We want this for that. Are you down? Okay, cool. Deal done. That's it. It's not a 20-minute negotiation. It's, I'll give you this for this. Yes or no? Cool. Peace. Done. And, you know, we've seen so many trades take place. I wonder how many trades haven't. <laughs> because, you know, it's one of those things. It's the iceberg. You know, you only see 10%. But there's a whole bunch of stuff underneath that we haven't seen. And I think that applies. But you get Mike McGlinchey, who is just, you know, he's going to be there for over a decade at right tackle at the ninth pick. And we got lucky there, too, because we had the same record and um, opposing winning percentage strength to schedule with the Raiders. And we had to flip a coin. You know, we win the coin toss and we get Mike McGlinchey. Then they're after us and they wanted to tackle, too. They have to trade out. Because it just didn't work out well. And they go and draft, you know, their left tackle out of UCLA, who's just, he's not been good. I'll, I'll use the word. Y'all ready for this? The big A word. Abysmal. He's been abysmal. <laughs> so we get the better deal there. Um, and that's not the, we're going to talk about the Raiders again in the next draft because we screw them over again. Luck was on our side. Uh, but we also get Fred Warner in the third round. Pick number 70. Fred Warner is an all-pro level linebacker. He got six all-pro votes this year, um, and he is just getting started. And you look at what's happening to the linebacking world out there, you know, with Keekley gone, who, you know, his reputation alone, he's played at such a high level. But yeah, there's, there is a spot to be had. And I think we're going to look back at this linebacking group, and there's a lot, a lot of talent there. Roquan Smith. 
Um, Leighton Vander Esch, we'll see what happens with his health, and Fred Warner. But there's no doubt, if you were to redraft right now, Fred Warner is a top 10 pick. I think <laughs> Mike McGlinchey is a top 5 pick, and Fred Warner would be a top 10 pick in that draft. And you got both of them, uh, which was just huge. That was awesome. And the linebacker depth is built uh, at that point. And, you know, still at that time, we still have Reuben Foster, but not for much longer. Now, right after the draft, April 30th, uh, just a couple days, we extend and we pick up Eric Armstead's fifth-year option, which won't play a big role in the 2018 season, but it will play a big role, as we know, in the 2019 season. We already had him locked up for 2018. You pick up the fifth-year option a year in advance, and it just ensures the player uh, if injury or any of those type, type of things happen. So that's going to play a huge role. Then the season starts. September 23rd, guess who the 49ers play? The Kansas City Chiefs. Things don't go well. Uh, the ACL tears, and the season just gets ruined before it even started. And you could talk about the Jimmy Garoppolo ACL. You know, that was an issue. We put in C.J. Beathard. That goes bad. Eventually, Nick Mullen steps in and goes nuts. But the amount of injuries that that 2018 season had on the offense, it was screwed. It was over. Uh, I mean, you're talking all three running backs, you're talking wide receivers, you're talking everybody was hurt. It was just, it was a bad year. It had a lot of promise, and it got ruined early. Got ruined early, okay? Then after that, November 24th, Reuben Foster gets released. And I don't want to pay a lot of time to this, but I think that this is one of the chief monumental moments in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's tenure in San Francisco. You know, you had the first incident and the team stuck by him and they waited through the process and all that stuff. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and you, you give the guy the credit and, you know, benefit of the doubt and all that stuff. Legal option plays out, all that stuff. But you talk to him and you say, look, we're not doing this anymore. We're standing behind you. We got your back. Then it turns out a second incident happens in a team hotel room the day before a game. And Kyle Shanahan said he made the decision that night within five minutes he had to move on. They release a number one draft pick, Reuben Foster, and this sets the tone. Sets the tone. There has been no issues with the 49ers since that moment. They cut them. They allow another team that doesn't care about uh, domestic violence and all that kind of stuff pick them up, the Washington Redskins. Shocker. Um, you know, there's two. There, there's about three teams or GMs that really don't care at all about domestic violence. You've got the Washington Redskins, who will sign anybody. You've got, well, you did have the Browns. We'll have to see what their new coaching staff. John Dorsey, he doesn't care about anything. And then you've got also um, the Kansas City Chiefs, the team we're playing now. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill, Frank Clark, uh, so many is incidents uh, before they were in the NFL, then after they were in the NFL, uh, just some really crappy guys, bad human beings. If you want to look up, uh, you know, Frank, I get a lot of questions about Frank Clark. And if you check out his <laughs> police reports, they are rough, to say the least. Anyway, now stay in, uh, now let's jump forward to the new calendar year, January 26th. Now we're in 2019, baby. We're leading up to this year. The Super Bowl run has begun, and it starts before the Super Bowl's even played the previous year. The Senior Bowl. January 26th is the Senior Bowl 2019, and Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers coaching staff is coaching their butts off learning all these new players and these rookies, and boy, does it pay dividends because they go get so many guys. 
um, that they had there. And, you know, it was awesome. It was such a great job. Then right after that, March 12th, the D4 trade comes down. Uh, we give up a second-round pick for the Chiefs pass rusher, who, guess what, gets to play the team that traded him away. So excited about that. So excited about that. Um, D Ford is a difference maker. We're paying premium for him. I get that. But that pick, here's the deal. They haven't even used the pick yet. Because <laughs> we traded that bad boy away. That's next year's pick. We're talking about pick 64. So you mean to tell me <laughs> we gave up the 64th pick in the upcoming draft for D Ford? Oh, yeah. I, I love that. No problem with that whatsoever. Uh, then we go out and we sign Quan Alexander, and everybody says we overpaid. Legendary son. Legendary son. Welcome, Quan. Uh, man, he's amazing. Then probably one of the fan <laughs> least favorite moves, we re-signed Jimmy Ward. You know, we went through the fifth-year option. He was done with that. Injured all five years of his career. They go out and they pay decent money. Decent money for Jimmy Ward. He gets injured twice in the preseason. And everybody's stupid higher, stupid higher, stupid higher. He comes back and misses the first two games. Uh, it has just been lights out. One of the better safeties in the NFL. Finally got to play the position that he wanted to play, um, which was key. Then we move into the 2019 draft. Okay, And, man, things could not have gone better. So many things go on, and we end up picking number two. One, because you know Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, all the other injuries, all that stuff. Nick Bosa was the number one player on my board from two years before. <laughs> he, he, everybody, the questions, well, you know, there's the stuff off the field, the politics stuff, people didn't like that. He's always injured, things like that. Um, you know, whatever else, fill in whatever you want. His low sack totals, doesn't matter. He passed the eye test, and then we had no business getting him. But guess what? Again, three way tie with teams. I think it was the Jets, the Raiders and the 49ers because we had the same record and very, very close to the exact same um, strength of schedule. Now, because the Jets lost, Cole Beasley scores a touchdown against them in the last game. The Jets lose, uh, or sorry, the Jets win, I think is what it was. Anyway, regardless, forces a three-way tie, and if it was just a tie between us and the Raiders, I believe the Raiders would have picked ahead of us, but instead we got that. Uh, the strength of schedule bump by the Cole Beasley touchdown allowed us to pick in front of the Raiders, and that was key too because they wanted a defensive end. They went and got Cleveland Farrell. Instead, we get Nick Bosa. So we get Mike McGlinchey and Nick Bosa, and the Raiders end up getting the UCLA tackle and Cleveland Farrell. And uh, no shots against them, but they are not Bosa and they are not McGlinchey. Uh, you really, really lucked out there. Then you go in the second round, you get Debo Samuel, your young, bright, stud wide receiver. And that I don't even think that's the best pick of the draft. I, Drake Greenlaw in the fifth round. Number 148. He is number 148. And you're in a spot now where you're going into the Super Bowl and Dre Greenlaw is going to be the starting will over Quan Alexander. And that's not a knock on Quan. Quan's great. But this is a testament to exactly how good Dre Greenlaw has been. And he's not giving up his spot. And so we got so much better. And plus, Justin School in the sixth round. Um, so that takes us through the offseason there. And I, I want to take a real quick break 
to thank our sponsors before I start going into the season. I got more. We're, <laughs> I told you guys this is going to be long. So, uh, yeah, let, let's just buckle in, man. Yeah, we haven't even got over the comments and the questions. I appreciate all the stuff that's out there. Um, but uh, real quick, before we move on, I want to talk about MyBookie.ag, um, the number one sports betting site online, and they have so many Super Bowl prop bets. They're nuts. And we've done a different one every podcast. I think we've done eight uh, bets that uh, you know I'm highlighting on. And I got to say this too. you know I put five bucks down. Um, before the season started, uh, saying the 49ers going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, that $5 bet's going to turn into 200 plus, which I'm pretty excited about. But the bet that I have for you today, head over to mybookie.ag, use promo code 49ers49ERS. Here's my bet today. Um, you sc- click on Super Bowl odds. You scroll down and you click on SB running back props. And the bet right now is for Raheem Mostert rush attempts, 16 and a half over or under. Now, if you think the 49ers are going to win, it's going to be the Raheem Mostert show. He has had an insane, uh, <laughs> one of the greatest rushing performances in NFL history. You know, 220 yards, four touchdowns. That's crazy. Tevin Coleman's injured. He's still questionable to play, and I think that he will be active. Don't trust Matt Breida. And this is not the type of game where you're going to have Tevin Coleman just load up on carries. I took the over. I'm taking Raheem Mostert to have more than 16 and a half carries. That is what I want to see. Um, you know, we saw Kyle Shanahan when the game was on the line. He's, he's, he's out of regular season mode. He is now in the mode of what is going to win me this game now. We don't need to prepare for the future. We don't need to lighten the workload. Let's load up. And I think that's going to be Mostert. So I'm taking the over. It's bet 10 to win 20. Um, again, I think Raheem Mostert has over 16 and a half carries. So he's got to hit 17 rush attempts. And I think that is very, very possible. I, I really, really do. So if you want to join us on that, that's mybookie.ag. Now let's go back to the season. Here we go. We have the awesome draft. We have all the signs. We have the trades. We have the team in place. Or so we thought. And we knew the 49ers could be good. Oh, what's up? We got somebody from Austria. What's up, man? Vienna. Look, that's awesome. Oh, welcome, welcome. Um, <laughs> listen to the Kimbro right here. This is a comment from Kimbro. Sorry, uh, it caught my eye. I work in a prison, dot, dot, dot. Everyone loves Tyreek Hill and Frank Clark. I really do work in a prison. <laughs> that, uh, I guess it gives them hope. And everybody needs hope. I'm cool with that. Uh, but you hurt women or children. I'm sorry, man. I am through with you. I, I believe in second chances, but not when it comes to hurting women or children. Uh, I know I'm old school. That's just kind of the way I feel. Anyway, back to the great stuff. September 22nd, 2009. The 49ers come out and, you know, you win a couple of games. And you're starting to feel pretty good. It, they're not against good teams. You beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, you beat the Cincinnati Bengals. You beat them both bad. And you're just like, huh, maybe we're kind of a good football team. Then you play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they lose Big Ben before that and all that stuff, and everybody's starting to puff up their chest and feeling good. Man, we're going to start 3-0. and Well, the offense just lays an egg. You go out there and you have five damn turnovers on offense. But somehow... This team that has battled through adversity through two years, we've been involved in so many close games, and we just keep barely coming up short, keep barely coming up short. You finally come out and you win a game that you should have lost. And I think this was the first time where I was like, dang, 
this 49ers team is good. You know, I had us going nine and seven. And if you, you listen, you can go back and listen to the schedule episode. I said, look, if the 49ers don't have four wins after our first six games, they're not making the playoffs. I, everybody expected a hot start because you got the Bucks, Bengals, um, Browns, Redskins, not a lot of quality teams early. And, you know, to jump out to a 3-0 and lead, you know, undefeated, that's awesome. But to overcome a five turnover game and find a way to win, and you want to know how long ago that game was? Guess who caught the winning touchdown pass? It was Dante freaking Pettis. And, and so you find a way to win the game. And that's where the resiliency starts, okay? Now, I, I didn't break down all these individual dates because some of them happen multiple times. But on offense and defense... The 49ers got key contribution from a lot of players that we didn't expect. Again, going back to some things I was wrong on. You know, I was asked, what is the thinnest position for the 49ers before the season started? And I said, look, if we lose one offensive tackle, this offense is not going to work because (laughs) we have no depth. We had no depth. Uh, But uh, Daniel Brunskill, who we picked up, you know, off the streets, he was in the AA, uh, the AFF or the AAF, however it is. It's gone, whatever it is. He comes in, does a hell of a job. Justin School comes in. He does a hell of a job. We've got both tackles out at the same time, and our offense just keeps executing flawlessly. Now, they're not near as good as our starters, but now we have depth long-term. The center, staying with the offensive line. Western Richburg goes down. Everybody's, oh, man, can our offense operate because here's the deal in the Kyle Shanahan system the center and the two tackles are the most important spots guards not so much but that was huge Garland steps in and we haven't missed a beat Raheem Mostert Matt Breida uh, Raheem Mostert was the fourth or third uh, running back when the season started now he's he's about to get paid uh, he's got one more year under contract but he has earned himself a big deal Roz Dwelly steps in for Kittle when Kittle goes down he steps in for Juszczyk when he goes down the offense so resilient defense same thing Manuel Mosley comes in injured for Akello plays great then he comes in later on in the season for Sherman builds up all those snaps and then he finally takes over the starting job gets an interception in the freaking championship game. Are you kidding me? That it, He intercepted Aaron Rodgers in the NFC championship game. Undrafted free agent from a year ago. Nuts. Tavarius Moore starts the first two games for Jimmy Ward. Does a great job. Uh, so now we got depth at safety. We've got depth at corner. Um, so many guys have Demontre Moore steps up at the defensive end position. Then he gets injured. Julian Taylor steps up. Marcel Harris, the other safety position. So many guys that were not starters. That's five on offense and five on defense I just named, and I'm leaving guys out. There's more. There's more. Um, it's it just great stuff is happening. And the depth that, you know, every all the snaps that people got whenever they shouldn't have been playing the year before, but we didn't have the depth and it's what it is. But now the depth and the youth is developed. They have experience. We All across the team, it's hard to find one position outside a wide receiver that um, you, you don't have depth and you don't feel comfortable at. As things move on, we get into October 13th, go into Los Angeles, what is up, and destroy the Rams in their house. That was such a fun game. You had Rams fans, which I don't know if that's really a thing. Um, Rams fans, it's kind of an oxymoron, but um, 
what happened was they were leaving the game in the third quarter. And the ones that stayed all left in the fourth quarter with about five minutes left because they had no hope. Would they go 0 for 13 on third and fourth downs that game? You just shut down the defending Super Bowl champs. And at that point, you know, you look at that game with the Rams, you know, you're 5 and 0 now. Now it's a for real thing. Now it's real. And then you improve your team. October 22nd. You go out and you trade for Emmanuel Sanders. You give up a third and fourth round pick right before the trade deadline for Sanders, and you get back a fifth. Emmanuel Sanders has been huge. Now, he has disappeared in the second, third quarters, but he brings legitimacy and consistency for a wide receiver core that is very inconsistent. Um, Awesome. Things are looking great. Then Halloween comes around. Play those damn Cardinals. Ooh, we're going to be battling those guys for a long time. Um, freaking Kyler Murray and all that stuff, whatever. Quan Alexander tears his peck. Doom and gloom, this is not good. But Dre Greenlaw moves from starting Sam to starting Will. Again, that's about 25 snaps a game to every snap of the game. So it's a huge increase. He doesn't skip a beat. Uh, you can make the argument that Dre Greenlaw has played as well as any linebacker in the NFL since uh, not that first week or not that second week. But then it starts to change. Greenlaw is a star, guys. Greenlaw is an absolute star in this league. Uh, so much so, I truly do believe it's going to be a competition next year for who the starting Will linebacker is. It is a possibility that Quan Alexander doesn't even start for this team in nickel formations, which is crazy because Quan's one of the most athletic linebackers in the NFL who is designed for the nickel, but that's how good Dre Greenlaw has played. Obviously, you're not taking Fred Warner off the field. He's captain of the defense, but that just shows you how special this kid is. Then we go through the gauntlet, quote-unquote, Right, You destroy the Packers in the first game. All right, that was easy. Then you lose a close one to the Ravens in Baltimore. And this starts the cardiac kids, the you know, it was six straight games, I think it is, five straight games that come down to the very last possession. And they're against good teams. You know, We lose to the Ravens. Really wanted to play them again over the Chiefs, but that's okay. We'll get another shot. Sorry, Earl Thomas. Um, then we have the shootout with the Saints, which I think was the best game all year. Uh, probably the most fun football game I've seen in a long time. Finishes with the Kittle fourth and two, baby. Ah, that, that's a play of the year for me. I understand the Greenlaw thing and the importance and home field advantage, number one seed, winning the division. But that play single-handedly for me, I'm going to remember forever. That fourth and two Kittle play. Um, you know, So you go through that. You go two and one. Toughest stretch in NFL history after week 10. Uh, the 49ers go two and one through that. Then... After that, we've got the crazy Rams again, December 21st, 2019, almost Christmas time, and Jimmy Garoppolo gives us two gifts. He has back-to-back third and 16 conversions on the same damn drive. That's crazy. Kyle Shanahan was 0 for 16 on third and 16 with the 49ers before that. He converts back-to-back third and 16s, and that was key because if you don't get that, guess what? You don't win the NFC West. You don't win it. Um, it was huge, just absolutely huge there. Then December 29th, um, you know, finally comes down last game of the NFL season Sunday night. Everybody is watching and guess what? Dre Greenlaw becomes the CEO of the Seattle Seahawks. 
picked them off in overtime the previous matchup, but he comes up with the stop of the year. Half an inch, baby. That's all it took. And he wanted it more. Gets the win. Gives us home field advantage. We get to rest everybody. We get time to put in new stuff, even though we don't have to use it. And just great things happen. Um, all because Dre Greenlaw, this star stud uh, linebacker that's going to be a 49er for a long damn time. Now, then we go into the playoffs. Number one seed, home field advantage, baby. What's up? And it, it just gets crazy. You know, you look at... The, the two home games in the playoffs, and the faithful just showed up. Um, highest ticket prices each week for every NFL game. And guess what? The faithful, they kept their damn tickets because they're amazing. We got a great fan base, and they sold it to the faithful. There were no Vikings fans whatsoever there, very small amount. And then the Packers, who travel as well as anybody in the NFL. I, I go to every draft. I've been at every draft for seven years. Packers fans are everywhere, don't care where it's located. Packers fans travel. But they couldn't get seats. They couldn't get seats. They could not get seats because the faithful uh, broke back-to-back records in the playoffs, and they just owned that entire stadium. And disrespect for Kyle did his thing. 47 rush attempts for 186 yards and two touchdowns versus the Vikings. Same thing next week. 42 rush attempts, 285 yards and four touchdowns versus the Packers. Ran both teams straight out of the building. You watch both those games, they were over in the third quarter, and it wasn't close. Wasn't close. Minnesota Vikings completely shut down. Uh, Green Bay Packers got some life after halftime, but the 27-0 deficit, it's hard to come back from that. That's not easy, um, and it didn't go well. So, And that's where we're at today, baby. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that timeline. Man, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> took a lot of time. Appreciate all the Twitter help. And people telling me what should have been on there. Let me know um, what I am missing. Uh, you know, if I, I missed anything on there. But um, I, I think we got it all. I, I really, really do. And so a couple things real quick before we, we jump off. I just want to say thank you guys again for all the support this crazy year. And, you know, I'm not going anywhere. You guys, please make sure you subscribe wherever it is you are listening. And again, when the season's over, I'm going to be broadcasting from Miami, as we said. Please join us Friday, Playwright, Irish Pub, 4 to 7 p.m. And uh, Saturday, uh, make sure you go to the link. It's the first comment on here. Also, uh, it's in the description. Click on that link. It's 10 bucks. Party with Frank freaking Gore. It's the only party Frank Gore is doing to He is from Miami. I don't know how we got him, but we got lucky as hell. And we're going to have an absolute blast. Come out. Out and join us gonna be so much fun and uh, if you're not following me on Instagram uh, make sure you head over there 49ers Rush Podcast because I'm gonna be doing a lot of Instagram live videos from Miami to share those with you I'll try to get them up on Twitter as well but I want to bring the faithful with me that's the plan and you know, we got people from Austria and Australia freaking love it appreciate that that is, that is awesome man I, I am so excited for what is set up for this 49ers team. Really, really am. So pumped. And again, just can't say thanks, guys, enough. Really do appreciate all the support. Before I jump off, I do have to thank our last sponsor of the show today. Uh, you guys know it. BlueChew.com, baby. Uh, let's get those comments going. BlueChew.com, head over there. Blue like the color chew. This is the edible version of the same active ingredient that is found in Viagra and Cialis. And if you need a little bit extra help in the bedroom, guess what? BlueChew.com's got you. Um, head over to their website, use promo code 49ers, 49ERS, 
And what's going to happen is uh, your first order is free. You just got to pay for the shipping. It's five bucks. Um, they ship it to your door completely discreet. No awkward meetings with the doctor. The package you get is discreet as well. Um, it's bluechew.com. Trust me, if you want to try it, it's worth the time. Head over there, bluechew.com. Um, use promo code 49ers. That is going to do it for us today. Uh, man, that was fun. I, I know I missed some stuff. Please leave in the comments or on Twitter if you think I slided anybody. And let's have that discussion. But until next time, stay strong, faithful. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.